Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Talik. Today I have a special guest, Christian from the Trader USA. How are you doing, my brother? What is going on, bro? I appreciate you reaching out and I'm glad, uh, you know, I feel honored that you had me, you're having me on and whatnot. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm doing well and looking forward to chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. So I'm going to ask this question, right? Got a lot of questions for you, but the first question I ask all my guests when they come on, I'm going to ask you, how is your mental health? Wow. So yeah, first off, thanks for asking that. Cause I feel like these days, not a lot of people do ask that and or outright ask you about your mental health. You know, we just say, Hey, how are you? And everyone goes, Oh, I'm good. How are you? But yeah, that's a tricky question. It's a loaded question, but it is a very good question. And with that being said, I would say my mental health is in a good place. It's not the greatest just due to the fact that the show has come out. And so you receive some sort of opinions, I guess you could say via the internet, but you know, mental health is, is, uh, is tricky, right? It doesn't discriminate. And in the short version, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm actually doing really good. And, and, I'm sure you know mental health fluctuates day by day and hour by hour. But right now, currently, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. And yeah, how how is your mental health? My mental health is great. Not many people ask me that question on the show, but they, I love when they do it. Um, it's doing great. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, I like to ask that question, right? Because like, I feel like I could be like, hey, Christian, how you doing? You could be like, I'm doing good. But if you ask somebody how's their mental health, I feel like that opens a gateway of just having a conversation, you know, really checking in on people and how they're doing. So right. Thank you for answering that question, my brother. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. And, and what you just said, it did just that. Like, you know, you asked me and I just threw it right back at you. And it's good because, you know, it like I said, it can vary. So um, for me, and I'm sure you'll kind of get into this with some of your questions, but the things that I like to do is every morning, you know, I, I just read this book called Never Finish by David Goggins. Yeah. I highly suggest it, but he talks about having, you know, whether you work a nine to five or if you don't just any day, you're always going to meetings, you're always attending events or podcast things. And yeah. when do you really ever have, you know, he calls it a me meeting. And so I like to start, start every morning with a me meeting, how that looks varies, right? Like for every individual, but for me, it's, I get up really early on prior military. So I'm up at like five 15 and I, I do some foam rolling, some yoga. And then I sit there and I, and I go through what my day is going to look like. And I call it a headspace check-in, right? Yeah. And the reason I call it a headspace check-in is because I used to be a youth corrections officer. And every morning when I would have the morning shifts and we'd check in with the youth and we would sit in a circle and say, how's everyone's headspace? Um, and it's kind of like the question you just asked, but it's like, I think we just need to take more time understanding where we are every morning or every day at some, some point throughout the day and to look at what could potentially be friction points throughout our day and why those would happen and how we're going to counter those. And so 
you asking that question is great because essentially that's what I do or try to do every morning. And I highly recommend that for everyone is check in with yourself and, and ask yourself, how is my mental health? What's going on in my head? So yeah, man, great question. That was dope. That's dope. I gotta, you know, put that in my brain. That's dope. Thank you yeah. for that. Um, <laughs> my next question for you, growing up, my brother, was it okay not to be okay for you? Honestly, no. And I think too, as, as so I'm, I'm 29 years old. So I was born in 93, grew up in the nineties. Right. Yeah. Um, and not that it was anything with, you know, necessarily my family or friends, yeah. but it was more so just that, that elephant in society of, especially for men um, yeah. of like, Hey, you know what, just suck it up and keep moving, yeah. uh, keep moving on. And, and that comes with just like playing sports. Um, and growing up with the guys. And then I, you know, I joined the military. So it was really, once I got in the military, it was kind of like, you know, are you injured? Are you just suck it up and keep going? And I was a, an officer. So I had to lead 30 to 40 other soldiers every day. So um, it was very much just kind of hushed, you know, um, I don't, I think there's a huge stigma around mental health and men specifically, but I will give credit to growing up with a very uh, woman dominant household. So I lost my father before I was born. Um, and yeah, and it, it wasn't as hard for me because I never met met the legend, but I grew up with uh, a single mother for a while and then a stepfather who you know, was amazing and then two sisters. So I will say having the women in my life and around me made me a little more in tune with my emotions and mental health. And I saw how emotional and vulnerable they could be. And so that did have an effect on like, if I'm not around my guy friends, or if I'm not with the team or whatever it may be, I did realize there was points where I could talk to my sisters and, and kind of let that guard down. But um, yeah, I don't think growing up and just recently, I'd say within the last three to five years is it's it, the trend is, you know, it is okay to not be okay. So I know that was a long answer. I'm very lengthy with my answers. Yes, I apologize. It's okay. <laughs> To answer your question, no, it, it wasn't. And it was kind of just, you know, the the unwritten rule of guys growing up. It was like, ah, just just keep your mouth shut, keep it down, and and keep going. But that's okay. But uh, my next question for you, right? We right. talked about that stigma, right? We talked about the stigma mm -hmm. surrounding mental health. There's also a stigma surrounding men's mental health. That stigma, people say we can't be weak, we can't cry, we can't show emotions. You know, we have to man up. What do you say to that stigma that you know, that stigma against mental health, what do you say? Um, when, it, yeah, that's, wow, that's a really good question. Um, I would say to the people that are saying that or have that mentality, um, they first and foremost need to take a look at who they are surrounding themselves with or, you know, around because that type of mentality is very unhealthy and it's, it shouldn't be tolerated anymore. Um, but I would say probably during COVID is when I realized truly that, hey, it is it is okay to not be okay. And it's and it's okay to reach out for help. But I would I would say try to remove yourself from that environment or that type of thinking. Um, and if that's hard for you to do, then, you know, that's where I, I personally would say maybe maybe try to journal if you're worried about taking such a big jump into like seeing a therapist or someone or talk with other friends yeah. that are like-minded or family members or, you know, work peers of yours, or just people that are, 
you know, your mentors of life and ask them how they made that transition or how they are okay with the reverse mentality of, of saying, you know what, it is okay to not look, to not be okay, to not feel okay and to be yeah. vulnerable, vulnerable about it. So it, it's hard because it's a jump that you're not used to having, especially growing up and, and being told that, you know, just be quiet and keep moving. It's a weird transition. It's almost like having a conversation with your parents about, you know, uh, you know, the birds and the bees. It's just uncomfortable, but I would, I would definitely say, try to remove yourself from that environment, from that way of thinking and how that looks and how you get to gap the bridge of that is up to you, but definitely reach out to your friends and people around you that are okay with being more vulnerable and see how they, you know, utilize their methods to be more vulnerable. That That's what I would say. Yes. And I want to say to the men out there that are struggling, you know, make sure you reach out. The suicide rate in men is just climbing high and higher and higher. Just it's make sure you reach out. Like you said reach out to somebody, you know, whatever that support system looks like. Make sure it's somebody you trust. And remember, not everybody understands mental health. Right. And, you know, just make sure you have somebody that's, you know, that's going to fight with you, that's going to be there for you. Um, yeah. And speaking of, you know, you know, men's mental health, like before I get into this next question, I want to say if anybody out there is struggling, you know, any thoughts of suicide or suicide ideation or deep, dark depression, there is a suicide prevention crisis lifeline out there all you have to do is dial 988 the number is 988 and my question for you um i'll answer you know before you answer but um have you ever dealt with any thoughts of suicide you know i am a suicide attempt d and survivor you know i was sexually abused by two of my male cousins as a child so you know that really didn't affect me until like i got 26 i'm 32 now so you know recently from 26 to now i've just been dealing with so many thoughts suicide and attempts and stuff like that so have you i'm going to ask you have you ever dealt with any suicide attempts or i mean any thoughts of suicide or any dark deep dark depression absolutely well first off let me say i do appreciate you you know being as vulnerable as you have been and are currently right now like you doing that and going through what you went through is speaks just tremendous amounts to so many people that whoever listens to this and myself, you know, like that's huge for me. That holds a bond between someone. And that's also a way to shape the new, um, you know, the new way of thinking like, Hey, it is okay to talk. Like, why are we ashamed to talk about that? You shouldn't be And the fact that you had to bottle it up and keep that suppressed for so long, right. Is probably what also led to some of the thoughts you had and or attempts and things of that nature, because yeah. we're confused as men, we, we don't get that. And we don't understand. So, so thank and that, um, and to answer your question, I have personally never thought about um, committing suicide. I've never had yeah. thoughts of, you know, trending towards that. I've been some, to some very deep, um, in like low places in my life. And I have yeah. had a couple friends of mine, um, either attempt and, or, you know, tell me, Hey, I I'm feeling suicidal. So, uh, it, it is a very, very hard thing to confront whether you are a victim of that or some um kind of you know just around the individual that is experiencing that because when you were saying earlier about suicide depression and having those thoughts and feelings and and trying to understand if it is or isn't okay to not be okay what i what i try to tell people is it is good to have your friends to talk to you need to reach out to 
members. You need to do these things and get other people's perspectives in, in that support. And sometimes the biggest advice, my friend Sam Webb, who also has a mental health podcast um, saying it ain't weak to speak. He, he always says this and it's stuck with me that sometimes we just need to offer an ear to someone. We don't need to provide solutions. You know what I mean? Like if you just called me and you were going through something yeah. and me sitting there and going, yeah, man, I, I hear you. Let Just talk to me. Don't, it, it's not necessarily right to come to someone and say, here's what you need to do because not, it's not a one, one half fits all when it comes to this type of type of issue. So I really urge others to try to seek professional help. People are so scared of, you know, yeah. we're going to see a therapist. I've been see, doing therapy now for almost a year, almost two years now. And it's changed my life. Not even for just everyday therapy, like just to talk to someone that can look at your situation yes. beside, beside being your friend. Cause, cause sometimes you might come to me or I might come to you and go, bro, like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this type of way. This shit sucks. Like I'm, and you yeah. might go, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Just keep doing that. But really, you know, you're there and you're supporting and you are listening, but having your friends just agree with you all the time, isn't always the best way to handle something. Now it's great to have them there to listen, but getting an objective point of view from a professional is something that is awesome because you just get a whole different yeah. way of looking at your life, your situation, your depression, your suicide thoughts that you probably never thought you would ever look at it like. So, you know, I'm glad you did share that and you offered, you know, some sort of history to your past because like to yeah. me that immediately makes me feel like, oh, I'm, I'm so much more comfortable because this man just told me something that happened to him. Now I have that bond and I know I can open up too. And that's what, that's what we need more of. So, but no, I have never thought, um, or really even come close to that. I've just come to the point where you go through the depressions of, of everyday life, whatever it may be and feeling yeah. your lows and numb to, to the happiness and, or the activities that you do, um, and things like that. I'm so sorry. Give me one second. I apologize. Oh my God. How do I move this? Uh, go ahead. I apologize. No, you good. Um, thank you for that. Like anybody out there still that's struggling with any thoughts of suicide, all you have to do is dial 988. That's 988, the Suicide Prevention Crisis Hotline. So my next question for you, let's get in. We're not going to get too much into the reality TV thing, but okay. I want to yeah. ask you, you know, the Traders USA, you know, season one, you know, meant to leave, right? <laughs> How was that for you? Because, you know, you're, you're filming reality TV, right? Right, you're right. You're building a role as a trader and you're building bonds with people and have to lie to them every day. How, and then, hold on, right, the fourth one, the feedback from the fans, like, Mentally, how was that experience for you? Yeah, so that that's a great question and, and kind of like the hot hot question right now is because if you watch the show and, and stuff, you see that like I'm excited to do the murdering, yeah. excited to do the backstabbing. But the way I looked at it is three ways. So I looked at it as, okay, I am playing a role, a character, yeah. right? I'm going to embrace myself fully and do what I have to do um, to play that role And my tactic was to be super dumb and outgoing and like yeah. loud and obnoxious. So, you know, I'm creating a, a character for the viewers that, you know, they're not necessarily seeing the other side of it, but I'm also looking at 
that quarter of a million dollars. And that's when my military kicks in. I'm looking at it as a mission. I'm very much cutthroat. I'm ready to do what I have to do. I don't care. But separating that from the mission side of it to then going into, you know, the military side and of like adapting, overcoming all these obstacles to just get in there and do what you got to do. And I'm also an actor. So then I took this into like my skills of like, okay, let's see how good I can play this up. All three of that, all three of those sort of categories kind of roll into this guy who looks like he doesn't care about anyone's feelings. However, every single night we went to bed, we had Sykes on, on set and stuff. I, after episode one, I was gutted. I cried every single night, slept for maybe three hours. You're, you're going, your brain's going a million miles an hour. You have no TV phone. You have no communication. You're just alone with your thoughts. And that's someone, that's not how I was raised to do that. And as an officer in the military, you have a lot of integrity and you take pride in being honest and leading others. So on the flip side, now I'm doing all these things contradicting to who I truly am as a person. And it, and it messes with your, your like morals and, and ethics and, and yeah. things of that nature. So it was horrible. And then now you have to relive that, which is exciting, but then you get, now you get the, uh, you know, the public's opinion yeah. on how you handle things. So like I have really thick skin, but, but my mental health took a really, really uh, deep dive into kind of like the lowest of the lows because you're very confused. You get yeah. done filming the show for about a month. And then all of a sudden it's like, go back into society. Don't tell anybody you did this show and continue on. And, and you're just like, wait, wait, what? Like what just happened? Because yeah. I'm not a traitor at heart. However, that's the role I was selected for and I wanted. And I did it to the best of my ability. So it, it, it's very hard. And I'm still trying to get through it now that it's out, but yeah. you know, I'm working, I'm working on it and I know who I am and what I was doing. So it's not as hard now, but it was, I would say three months post filming. I was, I was really rough mentally. That's thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. I like to ask a lot of people that goes on reality TV. I like to ask them that question because we never know what's going to be on scenes. You never know, you know, you get the judgment. From people yes. that don't know y'all, that just sit and edit the clip, you know, they got an idea, they think they got an idea of who you are. Right. So I always like when reality starts coming on my podcast, I like to ask that question because you know we don't get to see everything, you know. Right. And like I learned that the hard way. I'm going to mention um one of my good friends, good friends actually Cody's brother, Paulie Califori. Oh, okay, That's, yeah, yeah. Paulie is my bro, right? He was on Big Brother. I cannot right. stand Paul. I couldn't stand him. I was just looking at a clip on TV. I couldn't stand him. Then he went right. on TV to challenge. I was like, okay, he's competitive. He's talking trash. I like this. I like, I like, I like this and everything. And me and right. him actually became like real cool friends and stuff like that. So, and I had to, t- I always say like, I couldn't stand him. Then I had to like look at myself and, you know, I'm judging somebody from a show that is edited that I really don't, you know, know yeah. and everything. And me and him became real cool. So people out there, be easy on these people that's doing reality TV. You don't know everything that go on right. behind scenes. People have mental health. You know, stop attacking people. I just want to put that out there. Just stop attacking people. Stop yeah. coming for people. You know, um, just want to put that out there. No, um, I appreciate it. And you make a great no point. It's true. I mean, and I always try to tell people, um, you're getting an hour of edited television per day out of 18 hours of filming. So, you know, we're in character as traders for that whole time. And, you know, you're only getting to see a little bit, you're not seeing all the other tactics or the bonds and the relationships and or breakdowns that we're all having. 
yeah. whether that be on or off camera. But now I appreciate it. You know, people who go on reality TV need to kind of like have that 50 50 balance of, of understanding like, hey, you're putting yourself in a position to get attacked publicly. So you do need to prep yourself in, in as an individual and understand what you're getting into. But on the yeah. flip side of that, others need to also kind of be easy you know, I, I love a good shit talk. I love a good, mean, <laughs> yeah. a mean tweet, you know, because that just means, Hey, I did my job as a character and, and it's, you know, my name is now in your mouth or you're typing it out, which is yeah. great for me. But at the end of the day, those things can wear on people. So you're right, man. I pre I appreciate that. And I, I don't think of that enough. I need to be, you know, anyone can say something and get real tough and mean behind yeah. the keyboard. And so just really think about it before you, you tweet it out or, or post it or whatever it may be, but no, nah, man, that's great. Yeah. Um, my next question for you, um, it's something that you mentioned, right? Um, you said yeah. um, you lost your father. Um, my next question for you is grief. You know, how did that affect your mental health? I know, that's, I guess growing up without your biological father, I know sometimes, you know, seeing other people with their fathers and everything, you know, did that affect, did that grief affect your mental health growing up? Uh, oh, growing up or via, on the show? Oh, no, growing up, just growing up. Growing up, I would say it probably had an underlying effect on my everyday life. However, I was so young. I mean, I wasn't even born. It was like two months before yeah. I was born that he passed. So as tragic and like hard as that was for my my mother and everyone else in the family, it didn't really affect me to the core as much as, you know, a child um, being present and having that relationship with a parent prior to them, their death. And I, like I said earlier, I had a very, very um, great father with my stepfather coming yeah. in. And, um, and I think he came in around three and a half or four. So I don't think it really did affect me as much because like, yeah. I actually didn't get made fun of about it. I had a really good friend group and, and whatnot. But I think the older I got, I think the, the, you know, the unknown of being like, dang, I wonder what my father would think. My, I wonder what my, if my father was here, like, not that my stepfather isn't my yeah. father, because he very much so is and yeah. was, but it's like, yeah, you start to think about it a little more. And, um, you know, that's some of the things that I talk about within therapy or when I first started. So yeah, you're right. Grief is, you know, it lives yeah. in us, whether we want to believe it or not, whether it's grief or just trauma or pain. Yeah. Um, and I'm learning more about how it can actually live within your body, like, yeah. like in your muscles, in your, you know, being tense and things of that nature. So it's, um, it's definitely something if you're, if you have grief or you're holding grudges, or you're just have some sort of trauma from the past, I really, really advise trying to confront that in some way, shape or form, because you will feel more of a relief. Kind of like I did when I told everyone I was a traitor. I felt so good because I was <laughs> I was living living that lie. And so yeah, man, it just always feels better to get something off your chest, whatever that may be. Yes, yes, yes. Um, grief, guys, make sure you know people understand grief can affect your mental health. You know, make sure you are in grief. There's grief groups out there, free support groups. Um, I like volunteer for NAMI. I the different support groups for NAMI. I'm volunteer, you know, mental health support groups all different types, you know, grief, you know, I lost my mom. Um, I really don't speak much about this, but I lost my mom 2019, then nine months later, lost my sister. So, you know, um, that wow. was like, hard. Like by the time I started grieving my mom, my sister passed right. away. That like, that was like really, really hard. So guys, make sure you out there talk to somebody, uh, grief therapists, counselors, and everything. Make sure you get the help that you need. Um, my next question for you is, um, 
what are some coping skills you could recommend to someone that's struggling with their mental health? Oh, great question. So like I've stated before, um, it's not a one size fits all, but um, for me personally, there's been a couple of things. One, obviously talking about it with a professional um, is something I highly, highly recommend, but that can take some time, right? So like for me, if I don't have my therapist or I can't talk to a therapist, my biggest thing is exercise and getting out in nature. Um, uh, For me, it's huge. And I know there's a lot of studies and scientific um, proof behind why exercising is very good for your mental health and what it does, the effects it has on the brain and how that can kind of like help your whole, everything start firing on all cylinders. So first and foremost, when I say exercise, that doesn't mean you got to go in and be body, like a bodybuilder type, go walk (laughs) around the block. You know what I'm saying? Go for a walk. Go, Go just anything, whether it's, you know, doing some yoga in your living room, whether it's, or reading a book, do something to give your brain, not necessarily a distraction, but a break from all of that anxiety, that, that depression, the, the struggles going on in your head, you need to find ways to cope with it because there's not always going to be someone there to hold your hand through life. As you know, you know, and sometimes as the saying goes, when it rains, when it rains, it pours. And, and just look at your situation with your mother and then your sister. And then what, ha- what had happened to you in the past, you almost feel like I'm not going to get a break. When am I going to get a break? Well, you're going to get a break when you choose to give yourself a break. And, yeah. and that, and I'm not saying it's easy at all, but I mean, let me tell you, there's days where I'm like, I have got to get out of my apartment. I go and I go rock climb or I go read a book or journaling is huge. Just write. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just get a piece of paper and free write. Don't worry about punctuate. Just write what's on your mind and then revisit it later. Um, make lists, go do things, find hobbies, find creative ways to help you help yourself. And then within that, you'll start to learn more. You'll start to grow. You'll start to be able to combat some of these feelings, some of these, you know, thoughts and or situations that you're going through in life. So for me, I would say find two or three things that you love or that you're interested in. And when you're starting to feel stressed and and you start to realize what your triggers are, go immediately. Once you see that first trigger go, that second trigger Hey, it's about time we get outside or it's about time I go do this or call someone. So you got to just, my biggest way, my biggest things to cope is exercise, um, therapy and journaling. Man, thank you. I love the part that you say, you don't have to be this extra big guy, fitness guy, just, and that could be anything. I like that because some people think, you know, to do that, you got to just like be the best workout person, you know, have the muscles, have all that and stuff like that. Thank you for saying that because, you know, People got yeah. to pace to, you know, to, you know, they coping skills and that could be anything just to guys. I want to the people that's listening, you know, Christian gave his coping skills. That may not be a coping skill, but there are different coping skills for different people that right. you can try, you know, working out does, you know, proven to help with your mental health. I, the times where I worked out was depressed. Every time I was depressed, I would go to the gym. It wasn't a hard workout. Like a lot of people be doing, but it was a workout. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like, and if you don't know, and if you can't come up, bro, there's nothing wrong with a little Google search of like, what are the top <laughs> to cope with mental health? Like, just look at, just look at some things you, you got to understand. And I know it's hard because I've been, I've been down there in the, in the depression phases of life, right. Or the lows, the lows, yeah. whatever it be. 
And like, and, and I'm, I don't want to be too harsh with this message, but you as an individual have to do something, even yeah. on the days when you're like, I want to do nothing. I maybe don't want to be here. I'm numb to life and I don't want, everything will go away. Yeah. I promise you that people around you, whether you believe it, think it, know it, or see it will, will literally just be, it, it would just break yeah. them to have you not present. And so you have to find ways when no one else is there. It's you versus you every single day, yeah. whether you're a millionaire, whether you're low, low, it's going to always be you versus you and you got to help yourself out. And so it, it's just, yeah. And, and like, I stress all the time, if, if anyone's listening and, and you do follow me on Instagram or you're yeah. new to following me, I preach it as someone in very good shape. And I know that like, get out, move your body. That's always my thing. Life rips, like no matter what, it could always be worse. Like people would literally give so much to be in a position that you're in and you have no idea how many people, even if it's just one person vicariously living through you, um, it could just be someone as simple as the gas station attendant, right? You walk in and go, man, I love your shoes, bro. Have a great day. You don't know if they were suicidal. Yeah. You don't know what just happened. If they lost their brother, mother, father, yeah. sister, whatever. So it's like, you know, get out, do something, um, be proud of who you are in, in the progress that you're making. And, and just know that like, progress is progress. If you can't get out of your bed, but the next day you got out of your bed and you walked around the block, holy shit, that is like taking, you know, that's like climbing a mountain in some people's lives. And, and I stress that all the time is just little things, small victories, you know, small targets. Um, and if you can start doing that with your daily routine and creating something that works for you, yes, it, it is, it helps so much. And, um, I seem to find out that that's where a lot of the issues stem from is when I'm going through something, I'm like, wait a second, let me relook at who I am and what I'm doing in my routine and why am I feeling this way? And that's why when you write stuff down, you can always go revisit it. I mean, that's the book I read green lights by Matthew McConaughey. And it's like mm -hmm. stuff he's read and revisited over the last 50 years of his life. And it's like, or 30 or 40 years. And so if you can do that, you can find a whole bunch of different methods and ways to kind of help nudge yourself and others through these hard times. Yes, yes. Um, I want to thank you for, you know, this honest conversation. I have like yeah. one more thing to ask you. I want to end this all, ask you like, what's next for Christian? Like what does Christian got going on? Oh, I love this. Love your questions, man. Yeah. So what's next? Um, without getting too much into it, I'm definitely in yeah. some early stages of creating something with some friends of mine, um, trying to kind of maybe like, you know, um, create some sort of, I want to say avenue or a show of some sorts to kind of highlight people, places and things around our country and kind of revisit why America and the people in it and, and yeah. the history that involves the upbringing of this country is so great. And, and looking in our own backyard, that's a big project that I'm kind of, you know, really trending towards uh, creating, but minus that I'm, I'm really um, looking to kind of do a little more of a dive into this reality TV and more so on the competitive yeah. side of things, man. Like I, all doors are open, but 
you know, you, we were talking earlier, your boy's trying to hit the challenge. He's trying to hit big brother survivor, the amazing race. Those four are something that I've, you know, grew up, you know, kind of watching here and there. I didn't have too much time for reality TV, but I'm just always looking to push myself um, outside of the boundaries that I have and what, you know, trying to become more comfortable in the uncomfortable. Um, and and yeah. I'm really going to focus on doing a lot of traveling this year as well. And, and just broadening my, my horizon of, of life and looking at, you know, different ways of how yeah. I can embrace myself as a complex character. Cause I think we're all just complex characters uh, trudging through life. And so, yeah, just out there trying to inspire, you know, create content and, um, and and let people know that like, hey, it's okay to not be okay. Life is yes. great. It's as, it's as great as you want to make it. And at the end of the day, we're all here for each other and or should be. We're just humans. So like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just looking forward to that and just trying to touch people. Uh, if I can make one person smile a day or feel good about themselves, then I feel like I'm doing my job here on this earth. Yes. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Christian. Thank you. Creator, thank you so much for saying yes. I know a lot of men don't I talk in mental health, but thank you for coming and just talking mental health, my brother. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to, uh, you know, keeping in touch. And like I said, to anyone listening and to yourself, always, always feel free to shoot your boy a DM, reach out, uh, whatever it may be. And I'll do what I can when I can to help out because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm your biggest fan. We all should be each other's biggest fan and you should be yes. your, your biggest fan of yourself. So uh, just, just keep on keeping on everyone and remember life rips. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you. Have a good one.